the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Oh, yeah. It's getting to be my time of year. Um, I still had a jacket on the other day. You know, it was only hitting 80. I still got to get the heat up a little bit. I know y'all going to be mad at me, but I got to get the heat up a little bit. Uh, it, it was it was good. This is my time of year, man. I I cannot sleep when the sun is shining. So usually, you know, this time of year, I wake up about 6. I go to bed about 1, between 1 and 2, and I wake up about 6 o'clock as the sun streams through. And uh, it takes me a little while to get used to it, but then, I just get used to running on nine, you know, nineteen hour days. I just feel so good. I love the sun. The sun has energized me. I just want to share a little uh two sun stories with you, right? Uh about the sun. I know some I I I was listening to kids at track practice complaining about it. it's too hot. You know, that's the that's the Minnesota thing. You know, we in the wintertime we say it's too cold and then in the summertime we say it's too hot. And it's just, as some would say there's no pleasing us, right? But uh, I, I had a volunteer who worked with me named Rich Case, man. Rich was was uh, just fantastic, man. He loved on the kids, and he was a former teacher. And uh, he was a hooper. You know, he used to play with Hopkins and everything like that, and, and he helped me coach coach our little guys. And, and, uh, and you know, and, and, and Rich was, was progressive. He was conservative in his theology, but progressive in his thinking. So me and him got along real well as far as empowering young people to do ministry. But, uh, you know, Rich shared with me that, that he – that he had had a, uh, and it's so funny how our lives have intermingled it. And, uh, and I've lost track of rich and, uh, you know, you know, over the last like five years, but I, it, the, I going to his testimony helped me and helped me to bring my, my breakthrough. Well, anyway, rich had this, uh, liver rare liver ailment that he got from his mom. And, uh, they only gave him like six months to live. So he wanted to take a Caribbean cruise. So he went and uh, and the only job he could really find because he couldn't really work indoors because the toxins, because his liver couldn't filter him well, it wasn't good for him to be indoors. And they misdiagnosed him. They thought that the depression he was feeling and the thing was, was a mental problem and they gave him Prozac. And when they found out it was a rare kidney disease, uh, he found out he was hooked on the pro His body was hooked on the Prozac. So he had to try to come off of Prozac and deal with this thing. And they gave him six months to live. And the only job he could find, the only job he could find, he got mad at God because the only job he could find to try to earn money to take a Caribbean cruise that he wanted to take before he left this earth was a job doing landscaping. And he spent the whole summer doing landscaping, working in the sun, 12, 14 hours a day. 
Well, when he went to go see his doctor before he went on the on the cruise, and he was going to go there, and they took his blood work, all of his numbers had turned around. All that time in the sunshine had did something to his liver, and it reversed everything. The only job he could find was one working in landscaping, and that's what led to his healing. Sunshine. When my kidneys first uh, shut down, I didn't know it, and I was gaining all this weight because of fluid and everything like that, and, and I was getting there, and they were having to give me iron supplements and vitamin D supplements and everything like that, and my doctor was like, you know, he was like, you know, you're getting bad. He said, if you don't have a turnaround, you know, I would recommend you move. And uh, and then I remember Rich. Rich got a turnaround in the sunshine. So that whole summer, I, whether it was track meets, track practice, sitting on my porch, I sat in the sun all long. You want to see a black man burn? That was me. I was peeling. I sat in that sun. But you know what? By August, I could walk around the block. I started getting more energy. I didn't need the iron supplements anymore. I didn't need the vitamin D supplements anymore. And my whole thing turned around because of sunshine. I love sunshine. (laughs) The reason why I'm talking to you today is because of sunshine. And so a lot of times, some of the things that we regret or it seems like all doors are closed, you know, really sometimes those doors have to be closed so we won't do something that will cause, cause us to close major doors in our lives. So don't get mad when the little window is closed. Just get, don't the door stays open. The doorway to life is there. I want to continue my conversation with you guys about, about leadership. Leadership is very dear to me. Um, I, I found it a, a, an honor when uh, my pastor first took me to a third world leadership meeting that was sponsored by uh, Miles Monroe's church, Bahama Faith Ministries in, in, uh, in the Bahamas. And I was sitting with guys from all over the world. And, 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 and just sitting there listening to their dreams about taking their nations for God. And now, now their nations are probably the size of some of our states. You know, sometimes we look at what's going on in, in, in other countries, and we got to realize that we, you know, their countries are the size, are not even the size of some of our states. So the things that they're doing, the programs they're doing, they, 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 they can work well in a small vein, but when it gets massive, it's just, we got to understand we're massive, you know what I mean, and, and what we do. But talked about leadership, and he talked about leadership in a way I had never heard before. He talked about leadership. And what really, uh, I had heard some principles of it before when I read books of, like Jesus is CEO and, and other things like that and and, uh, and some other things that I, that I had read, you know, when I was still a Christian businessman. But I had never seen the church really take God's principles and use them especially when it came to the principle of relationship or discipleship. You know what I mean? We had come up with something different, uh, you know, uh, I guess because we got toys and technology. We wanted to come up with something different. But, but you know, leadership was, was starting to pop up in the 80s, uh, classes, organizational leadership, PhDs in leadership, you know, everything like that. And, you know, now you got masters in leadership and everything like that. But though leadership can be taught, you know, principles can be taught, the essence of it, you know, I believe still has to be caught. You know what I mean? You know, there's, I do believe some people are born leaders. Uh, they come out to shoot. 
you know, I've seen it in my own family, uh, the ones that want to call shots and the ones that want to sit back. But everybody leads, which I've seen in the personality of my own children, in their own special way. And and leadership is self-discovery. Now, that self-discovery can happen reading a book, or that self-discovery can happen working on a project, or that self it can happen when you're in a tight situation. You know what I mean? But however it is, I think that the way it's released in one's life or the way that it's enhanced in one's life, it really depends on the personality of that person. You know, just like in James, it says you only sin by your own evil, lust and desire. I think we only tend to learn by our own evil, lust and desires. You know what I mean? You know, and, and so when we, we learn different, uh, we choose to do things different. And so therefore it's going to be different for us on how this thing is unleashed. But I think the basic principles of leadership remain to be the same. And as we discover how those principles are. And uh, as I talked to you beforehand, I gave you a definition of leadership uh, that, you know, leadership is the capacity to influence others through inspiration. Right. Generated by passion, motivated by vision, birthed by conviction, produced by a purpose. So we start with purpose. You know, once you have purpose. Right. Your your vision is your purpose in pictures. You're able to describe it. You're able to get that going. You know what I mean? And and, and what's what's that purpose produces a passion. Right. And a conviction. Right. You know, what I mean? because this is what I'm going to do. Right. And and that passion comes out in that. And, and, and leadership is our capacity, meaning some can influence thousands, some can influence one, some can influence ten. But it's our capacity to influence others. Through inspiration, we inspire people. We don't, we don't, we don't dictate to people. We inspire them. You know, being around this certain person just makes you. You know, I, you know, I remember my my old pastor being around him made me want to share the gospel. I mean, I I just want to share the gospel. You know, what I mean, because I would see this man, you know, turn every situation into a witnessing situation, and he inspired me to look for those opportunities to share the gospel, to look for those opportunities to be a blessing to somebody. It's inspiration. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's what it is. You know, just watching somebody's work ethic or seeing their design or seeing what they account, it just inspires you to get out there and, and to do more. And, and that and that was it. You know, I mean, you know, our conviction is our belief in something significant. When you know what it is, you know, and I'm going to reference a lot to the program I developed for young people, but the principles are still the same for young or old. You know, I mean, the main thing I always try to get across to young people before we can advance is that they have to have a good idea as to why they were placed upon this earth. What is your purpose? What is it you're called to do? It's going to be a reflection of what your family is called to do. It's going to be. But when you find that out and, you know, your belief is it's going to shape your passion. It's going to shape everything you do. And and, and it's just going to be a point, a matter that, that you're going to stick to it and see things happen. And so I try to help them discover that, discover that by looking at their family, uh, what people in their family have been called to do by looking at, uh, you know, just, you know, just what it is that they tend to like and dislike and try to narrow that thing down. You know what I mean? Because without the purpose of things, we won't get to the conviction and the vision, you know, and, and, and everything passion that goes along with all the other things that are key aspects of leadership. So going back to this, leadership is self-discovery. Something has to ignite you. Something has to make you know you as a leader. First, you lead yourself and you need to know you. You need to know you. Right. And and so but you trying to discover you by taking self-help tests and spiritual gift tests and everything like that. 
is not the way. What you need to do is you need to submit or or practice submission, meaning place place your your mission under someone else's mission. And as you as you're practicing that, as you as you're helping them, then they can in turn help you. Because a true leader is going to try to unlock your purpose in your life. Now, now a leader, uh, you got a leader, uh, let's say we're going to call him bogus leader, right? You know, you know, Mr. Bogus is going to use your gifts to bring his mission or his vision to pass. He's not worried about enhancing your gifts. He don't even really care what your gift is. You know, I need somebody to count widgets and I don't care if you're not a widget counter, you're going to count them for me because that's what I need. It's about what I need, not what you need. But a true leader will come in there and look at his staff and say, there's some things that I have to get done. That's true. But at the same time, right, I have to unlock certain gifts and abilities in my staff. Right. God did not give me these staff people for me to just sit up here and use them my way. There's something I need to place in them or something they need to place in me. And and we're going to get now to the root of that. You know, I and my my job is as, as pastor or even when I'm doing youth work is I'm always observing people as to what is the best thing for them. You know, when I'm coaching track, I use that as an example. You know, I look at a kid and, you know, the kid may, you know, he may be, you know, a certain style. And I may say, hmm, in order for me to build this kid up, this kid needs a self-esteem boost. You know what I mean? So let me put him in an event where he can win and he can get his self-esteem up. Now, what he's really called to be He's not going to make it, right? He might try to think he can run the 100, but right now he's the fifth fastest person on my team, which means he's probably the 10th fastest person in the state. And when I can put him in this other event, let him get some success that will motivate him to work harder, and then we can slowly build him up to be the 100 sprinter that he's called to be, right? I don't leave him dangling in that. I still work him out. I still improve him. I still do everything, but I give him something where for now he can – a carrot that he can chase, you know what I mean, that they want to work out, to want to want to do better. And, and some people can take losing, some people can't. And it all depends on that person is. But first thing, leadership is self-discovery. First, it is discovery of your purpose, right? To understand why you were put on this earth for, to understand what it is that you accomplished, to understand how you can navigate this world, what what it is that's going to be important to you, discovering that. You know, and, and, and that's, Man, I take kids through a long exercise of a purpose. You know, uh, Miles Monroe says in one of his books, you know, uh, he just says that what it is you hate is usually what you were put here to solve. What you hate is what you put. So I always ask you, what do you hate? What do you hate to see? Oh, I hate to see this. I hate to see that. I hate to see this. I hate to see that. And I said, well, let's examine that. You know what I mean? You know, you know, how can you help solve that? You know what I mean? You're not hating it or it's, it's doing this to you because you're, you're contrary to that. You know, Miles used to, he uses the example of a mongoose. He said that you can have uh, five imitation snakes and one real snake, and they can all look just alike, and you don't know which one is the real snake. But if you brought the mongoose in, he'd spot the real snake in a minute because that's his enemy, and he hates it, and he knows everything about it. And he says the same thing with us and our purpose. When you look at the thing that we hate, that's usually what the problem we were put here to solve, right? I hate ignorant people. Oh, my goodness, man. You know, and so that means I was put here to educate. You know what I mean? Because that's what counts as ignorance is education. 
And, you know, and now and what do I do? I do education. I, I educate people. I put them in there, whether it's, whether it's education from a Christian education standpoint, helping them to understand their Lord better or whether it's there. You know, you're listening to Isaiah 61 Radio Ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton, and we're going to take a break right here. We're going to come back and talk about purpose, discovering purpose a little bit more. And uh, you guys just sit back and enjoy the announcements. Relax, grab some iced tea, wait, sit in the sun a little bit, and I'll be right back. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Picture this, standing at the Sea of Galilee and being baptized in the Jordan River. Visiting Jerusalem, where every stone pathway leads you towards the life of Christ and the story of God's promise on earth. These moments can be yours when you join Tony and Lois Evans for Experience Israel 2018, November 7th through the 16th. With gifted musical guests Anthony Evans and Meredith Andrews, your time in Israel will be rich with a spiritual blessing. Visit am980themission.com for more information and to book your journey to Israel today. Oh my goodness, man! Man, y'all, y'all got to send this man. Y'all got to send this man some pizza or a sub or something, man. He's the, he's the music maestro. You know what I mean? You know, John. I was, I was talking to my, talking to somebody about you, and uh, I said. Don't you remember in the '60s when, uh, when you, when you, when you, we, we were growing up in the '60s and '70s, you would have these songs that were a compilation of many songs. Yeah, and and they were like Superfly Meat Shaft, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, okay, yeah, or something like that. And I said, I said, man, John could make like he could make he could he he can make some stuff. You Jukebox know I mean? Johnny back here. Yeah. That one's got to bring you back, right? Yeah, the highlights. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that that one that one brings it back, man. That, that, that goes there. You know, uh, you know, but one of the things that you might be saying is that, you know, in helping, uh, you know, whether it's kids or members in my church discover purpose, I believe the key thing to discovering your purpose is to be around your elders. And when you look at people that are around you, right, that, that, that help raise you, uh, that, that see the characteristics that you have, that have that, that wisdom of life that are there, they can look at you and say, wow, you know, you're a teacher, you're a sheriff, you're things like that. And I've shared it many times how everybody told me I would make a great teacher or coach. But when I looked at what teachers and coaches made, I said, no, I said, I looked at what accountants made. I said, uh, huh, right. And I stay in county. And then when I get out here and get in the ministry, now I'm teaching and I'm coaching. You know what I mean? If I had listened to my elders, I would have saved myself, you know, a, a, a lot of grief in the, in the time frame. But, you know, we, 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 we allow sometimes the cares of this world to take us away because in America, we can literally become anything we want to be. All we got to do is just go to school and be willing to pay the debt or whatever like that, and we can do it. But there's more power that comes in. It's the older you get, it's not about making the money. I have so many of my friends that have left the business world and have pursued law, music, engineering, you know what I mean, because they only took business to make money. 
And as they get older, you know, they want to go back, you know, with, with, with their passion, with what their purpose is and how they leave their mark upon this earth. And, and it's not about, it's not about the Benjamins as we would say, you know, the hundred dollar bills, but it's about understanding what is my purpose? What have I put on this earth? What problem, how is the earth going to be different now that I'm here? Even when I marry couples and we're going through premarital counseling, my first question is, how is the earth going to be different now that you two are together? And they say, oh, wow, we didn't think of it that way. No, because you just thought of it from a selfish point of view. Yeah, you know I mean, I got her, she got me. That's all it really is. But there's a purpose in this union. There's a power in this union. And how is this union going to make the earth different? I mean, especially if you start populating the earth, what are you going to teach those little mini me's? You know, that their purpose is, that our purpose is in, in, the, in this whole scheme of things, understanding purpose. And so when you go back to your elders and you ask those that are around you, your coworkers, whatever like that, you know, what does it appear to be? My gifts, my strengths, my things like that. I mean, people hire coaches nowadays to, to, to walk them through this process to help them understand where to put their energy, where should they fit in, what things should have, would have to be done and what's is there. Right. That's number one. But there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of these. We won't cover all seven today. We're going to start with the second one as we come close to the end of the program. And the second one is identity. Right. You have to discover who you are. Right. That's one thing when you know your purpose, but your purpose is still going to be shaped by your identity. And and, and in now the conflicts of things with everybody going back to ancestry dot com, which I think is the biggest joke in the world, because (laughs) You pay them to put your information in their database and they use your database to make money off the next dude who comes in for Ancestry.com. I was like, how did they get the original database anyway, right? They, they stole it out of hospital data and everything. I said, they've been taking your data anyway of your DNA when you be going in there. So then now they use it to make money, but then you help them make money. They charge you $89, $99 and now you help them better help the next person that comes along but you're searching for your identity. You want to know who you are. You know, even in one of those commercials where the guy thought he was one uh, people group his whole life and then found out he wasn't even that group. So he had to turn, he had to turn in his, his German thing for Irish thing or whatever. Later hosen. Yeah. Later hosen. Yeah. Later hosen yeah, for a kill. And, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, so you, but you believe this all your life and now this test comes and now you switch your whole identity. Right. And, and, and to me, my, the most key thing to our identity, right, is our identity in Christ. You know, I mean, we get all sophisticated with it now and say, oh, my spiritual DNA changed when I accepted the Lord. And he did a transformation and I look like the hawk or whatever it was changing. All right. That's all fine and dandy. But there's an identity comes up being a Christian. Right. And, and the sad thing about it is that we've forgotten what that identity is. Right. So therefore, when, you know, when we see a guy riding a bicycle with some black pants on and a white shirt, right, we automatically say, Mormon, that's his identity, right? That's what goes in there, right? We see a guy coming down the street with a long kilted thing on, head wrap. We say Muslim, right? That's his identity. He's going to show you who he is and where he's going, right? What does a Christian look like? What does a Christian look like? You know what I mean? What does a Christian look like? Right. But a Christian looks are not generated by his clothing. They're generated by his character and how he acts and how he responds and what he does. Right. 
And, and so, but if we don't even know how we're to act and how to respond to what we do, and we don't know how our identity in Christ and how, because of our new identity in Christ, how we respond, how we react to certain things, what it is, you know, I'm the righteous in God in Christ. I'm the lender, not the borrower. I'm the head and not the tail. There's so much in identity, right? You know, you know, I, I'm, you know, greatest heat is in me. I, you know, I'm more than a conqueror. So many things that you can come up with that God wants us to walk in this level, not a superiority, right? But a confidence in coming with who's we are. We're, we're, we're King's kids, right? You know, I mean, we, we, we're sons and daughters of God, right? How do we carry ourselves? How do we carry ourselves? Like a hoochie, right? You know, I mean, you you like a, like a punk? No, 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 no. We carry ourselves in a way that befits royalty, you know, that befits there, you know. And so, you know, when you're looking for your identity, you know, finding your identity in Christ, it's not enough to know how to sing the worship songs and with the prayers to pray, but understanding what your identity is in Christ. Now, your identity racially, your identity nationality, your identity culturally, they're all important too, right? But the most important thing is your identity in Christ, right? To get to that point. I, I, Christian supersedes everything in my life, supersedes everything. Whether I'm a Minnesotan, you know, whether I'm a Rattler, whether I'm a, a whatever, Polar, it supersedes all of that. So this week, discover your purpose, discover your identity, and begin that road to be an effective leader. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.